Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of Damsels in the DMs. I don't know. I think if you're going in this industry, you kind of have to be open to like just wherever the wind blows you and be able to just take charge of your own career. Like I'm not, you know, I was sick of sitting around and waiting for like, how many times do you get like the right audition or like the right job up or like the right writing packet? Like it doesn't happen that often. So it's like, I don't know. You have to like take charge and figure out what you want to do and see what you can do, you know? This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Alejandro. And today we have a wonderful Philly connection again. How exciting. I'm so excited for you guys to get to hear Anna's story. And Alejandro and Anna met in such a funny way at the Love is Blind reunion. It was a really cool experience. My friend Andrew, who is a friend of Anna's, invited me to this show that his friend was hosting. And, well, it was the reunion special for Love is Blind. But for those who were staying tuned, the reunion was, like, super, super delayed. Either because of, like, high numbers of streaming or I don't even know what. But it was wild because we were at the facility and I mean, luckily it was open bar, but like we definitely were there for hours because there was so much confusion as far as like when it was going to actually come on and whether we were actually going to be able to see it or not. So, um, yeah, it was funny seeing people's responses to the stories that we were doing on Instagram and people were saying, oh, my God, you're there. What's going on? I was like, I have no idea. Our guest (laughs) is as good as yours. But yeah. So how many hours were you there for? It was a while. I mean, we got there when the sun was up. That was, what, like 5, 6 in the evening. We didn't leave until, like, jeez, like 10 or 11. Damn. It was was later than I had expected. But, I mean, it was still a good time. It was still really fun to, to connect. And, yeah, meeting Anna was a highlight because she is hilarious. Oh, my God. And, like, she... That was where I first, she was telling me stories about her doing impressions and then started following her on Instagram and seeing all this content and then seeing the Big Wig podcast. I was like, well, we need to have her come on Damsels in the DMs and share her experiences, morning routines, because I mean, she is a busy woman. And oh, I'm I'm just, I'm so excited about this episode. This is going to be so much fun. You are the best at forging like real connections at events. Like, I don't know (laughs) anyone better than you at like meeting people, staying in touch and like actually fonding, like forming a real friendship. Like Sophia, you met at the official Latino festival. And now that's like such a huge collaboration for you. Crazy. Yes, so we're still this. we're now working on collaborating on something new. Now, as, uh, yeah, you know, I agree. I think, I mean, it's just fun. It's just fun having fun, having fun showing up and supporting others. And then, you know, when you strike up a good energy with someone, it's like, how do you ignore that? You don't just like let it dwindle or disappear. And I mean, yeah. And luckily for us, we have numerous projects that we're constantly working on and constantly evolving. This one included, where it's like, you know, we get to see how we can either support each other or see how others can like kind of flex in certain areas of expertise. So it's, it's always, I don't know. It's a good time. It's a good time. Life is good. Energy definitely breeds more good energy. So. To Shay. And we get into that reciprocity of energy of manifestations of things that we're grateful for. So let's get into it. Shall we? Let's do it. Oh my goodness. Hello, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so psyched to be here <laughs> in my home. <laughs> home yes. 
Well, you two are both based out of New York, yes? Well, oh, wow. I already know you're in New York, but Anna, you're I'm in are... LA. Oh, you're in LA. For some reason, I thought you were in New York. No, we were supposed to meet in Los Feliz for, weren't we going to meet up? Aren't you in the East Side as well? Did yeah, I make I mean, that up? Hollywood, yeah. There you go. We live Did near you each guys other. Meet at an event. That's what I thought. Yeah. At Love yes. is Blind. The whole fiasco of the delay of streaming. Oh my mm -hmm. God, that's that upset like quite a number of people. It was a time. historic moment. Yeah, where Netflix couldn't stream the Love Is Blind finale. <laughs> right. Wait, so what happened? Why couldn't they stream? Oh, it? the reunion, reunion, not finale. Right. Um, I think too many people tuned in. They just weren't prepared for the volume. I have no idea what really happened. You know that, or a cat ate the wires. Like literally, could be anything. Damn. You yeah. have one job, you know, to be a streamer. So you think they could handle that, but I don't know. I worked for a live shoot app and we went down all the time. So I imagine it's very stressful, but I, I know it happens, unfortunately. Would you ever, would either of you ever go on a show like Love is Blind? Well, Lauren, you already have a boyfriend, so never mind. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I was going to say, if I was single, maybe if I was like, I wanted screen time enough. Maybe. <laughs> well, would you? I don't think so. I was no. going to say, I feel like you're so private. I cannot imagine a world where you would. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Anna, please tell us all about your background, how you got into acting comedy, how you started going viral on social media for doing your impressions. Walk us through up until you and Alejandro met at the Love is Blind reunion. Okay, wow. Um, well, I am from Philadelphia. I'll start there. Philadelphia. Oh, no way. What part? Yeah. Um, Like Drexel Hill, Upper Darby area. Okay. I'm from Lower Marion, like oh, okay. right outside the city. Where did yeah. you go to school? I went to Harriton High School. Wow. It was okay. Yeah. I knew a lot of people from Harriton. When did you graduate? I'm not allowed to say that on air. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, a common thread between you two is uh, dog motherhood. I mean, wow. uh, you both have the cutest puppies Aww. in the world, so that's... That's so sweet. Thank you. Although I do consider myself his mistress. I'm not, ah, I'm not okay. maternal. You know what I mean? Like he's like my lover who I've kept alive. Does that I make sense? That's he's a really me alive. relationship though, because you have to do so much for them, you know, like, yeah. would you really well, ever do that much for your lover? I wouldn't. I mean, if you get the right partner, you don't have to do so much anymore for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> true, so true. I audition these men. I'm like, okay, and how many times a week will you walk my dog? <laughs> Fine, we can date. Um, no, my boyfriend's gonna come out and be like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> okay, where was I? Back to me. Um, Back to Harriton. Sorry. Uh, yes, I grew up in Philadelphia. I left for college. I went to school in Boston. Um, I studied TV production and I did a lot of theater there. And then I moved to New York the day after I graduated college, um, because I had interned in New York junior year and I was sort of, I had a job offer and I was like, well, this makes sense. So I moved to New York right away. I, I moved there. I, you know, I wanted to be an actress, even though I studied TV production, I learned editing and I wrote, you know, I was doing a lot of writing in college. I still had the bug to be an actress. So I moved to New York you know, with the hopes of getting on Broadway. And I'd go to all these musical auditions and they were shit. And I was like, I don't belong here. I wouldn't even, I didn't even wear the right clothes. Like I didn't have the right shoes. And I was just like, what am I doing here? This is so weird. Um, even though I loved doing it, I just like, didn't feel like I fit in there. I don't know that I fit in, in my next venture, but I, I went to UCB. I started taking comedy, you know, like improv classes and I made a lot of great friends there. And I feel like I was terrible at improv. I was much better at sketch than I was at improv, but I never like got on a real house team there. I, you know, I, I did all the classes. I worked really hard. I did like a lot of like shows and stuff. And I made a lot of videos with people I met in the classes, but I don't know. I, I, I sort of felt like it was still like clicky and I wasn't necessarily in it, but I don't know. Then I started doing stand up um, probably like 10 years ago at this point, maybe a little more. And I love doing that. I loved, you know, doing my own thing and whatever. And I always sort of felt I always did video. I used to run a video festival in New York City called Quickie Fest. I did for oh my God, we did like for five years, I think. And then it was kind of shut down in the pandemic. So I always kind of had a toe in the video world because I loved doing it. And I sort of felt like, wow, more people will see this video on YouTube back then it was YouTube. Uh, than like my 10 minute set, you know, at Eastville Comedy Club in East Village or something. So 
my priorities sort of like shifted a little. I mean, I still love getting on stage and I love, you know, doing it, but I feel like I do a lot more video now than I used to. And part of that's the pandemic. Um, I'm Wait, like, so 10 how, years ago, how does that go? The, <laughs> 10 years ago, what was that moment or what was the thing that drew you to uh, doing stand up? I mean, you said you've done it for 10 years, but where, what was that shift like for you? I think it was just, I didn't, you know, improv wasn't fulfilling me as much. Like it, it's a great skill and I use it in auditions and everything, but I felt like, wait, I've always been funny. I have ideas. I, I want to just see if I could do it. I like getting up on a stage and I sort of just went and did it. I also was going through a really traumatic breakup at the time. And I was kind of like, I need to focus my life better. And so I just kind of I knew I had wanted to do it and I had like done storytelling shows and stuff, but I had never like been up there and been like, okay, I wrote a set. Like I'm going to do this set that I wrote. So yeah, I just sort of started doing it, I guess. I don't know if that's, if there was much of a shift as like trusting myself more and being like, you could do this. You don't need a, a team of people with you. Like as much as I love to collab, I was like, can I do this myself? So that was sort of it. I absolutely love that. It's like the fearlessness and just the trust in yourself and what yeah. you offer as like just motivation to just get up and do it That's not that i'm like such a confident queen you know i got off stage mm -hmm. and i'd be like well that didn't work and that didn't work and i sucked at this and this is you know like <laughs> yeah. but still to do it i think is like a major step and to just Absolutely. put yourself out there Hell yeah. how do you feel about how the comedy world has shifted now that you can like make tiktoks or reels when you started out doing stand-up and doing improv and going into comedy clubs um well, now it's very funny. I mean, at least even in the pandemic, it started changing. You know, back then it was just kind of like raw and however your night went was like a success or a bomb or whatever. Um, and people would know your names and you, I think you really had to put yourself out a lot, lot more. Like you really had to do like six or seven spots a night to be considered like a real comedian in New York. I wasn't in LA doing stand up at the time. So I was, I was in New York and I wasn't able to do that. Uh, so for me, I love that video. I mean, a lot of stand ups would complain, but I love that video is a huge component of it. I mean, it's a way for people to see you who can't go to your show that night or, you know, it's just like, I think it's a, it's now it's become like oversaturated. And I think people are just posting clips of any kind of bizarre, you know, audience member that spits out shit that's exciting. And they're like, people aren't really putting up comedy every time, you know, but you'll click on it because you'll be like, oh, it's a comedian on a stage with a mic must be hilarious. And then you're like, oh, wait, they didn't even have like a joke for that. That was just like some you know, weird crowd work that they were doing. And hey, you know, if it gets you followers to see you actually do jokes, great. Um, I I like it. I don't know. It's also opened up. I think comedians are experimenting more because of, you know, the internet. So you're able to like put out an impression or put out a sketch or do some weird, you know, shit in public. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a free for all at this point. I think about this a lot, actually, like when I see a crazy person on the subway and they're going through like their own little monologue, you know, I'm always like, if I just took a video of them right now, put some like catchy music behind it. Like, could I make this video go viral just because like somebody <laughs> is here standing up in front of other people? Yeah. But I, I mean, I haven't tried it yet, so I don't think that it's really no, possible. Oh my gosh. No way. <laughs> <laughs> little does she know she's going to get sued and they're like, actually, I'm a fucking lawyer and I was practicing right. my thing and i found <laughs> you because they went viral then <laughs> but i, I don't just know. some wonder, people are like, scared of it that's true that's true but then why are they standing up in the subway telling everybody wow you know but know. this is one Take thing that subways I wonder... girl <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing that i wonder about the comedy world now because like what you can say in a joke has changed so much. Like, is it scary getting up in front of people now with people taking offense to more things? Um, I guess for some people, not for me, I don't think I offend too many people. I don't think my material is that, but I guess it is for some people, you know, everyone's so fucking sensitive, but I do think, you know, you also have to adapt to the times you can't get up and offend big groups of people anymore you know, like so much is dated. So I think you'd kind of comedy is always evolving, just like we're always evolving. So you kind of need to be aware of that and adapt to it. I think a comedian can make a room laugh no matter what. They don't need to like subject a certain group of people or offend anybody, you know, mm. to get a laugh. And I think a lot of people 
a lot of people thought that was the way of comedy, like, you know, 10 years ago, at least or something. I'm no master at it or anything, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I sort of think you need, I watched Sarah Silverman, who's like one of my heroes and she was doing some interview or maybe it was her podcast. I can't remember. And she was sort of saying like, I cringe at some of my jokes from like 10 years ago. Cause I would never say those today, which is good because it's like, okay, she's grown as a community. You know, everyone has to grow. You can't just like rely on the same shit that worked 10 years ago because no one's it's dated. No one cares anymore. You know, like nothing is fixed in stone, but I am curious, yeah. going back to the impressions that you do, <laughs> what has been the most surprising situation that you found yourself in, in response to one of the impressions that you've created? Well, I didn't mean to do Hilaria Baldwin. That was sort of a fluke. Um, I never wanted to do like practiced or <laughs> like when I do an impression, I practice it. I try and get the voice down and everything. I, the, all these articles came out, I guess it was 2020, maybe 2021. I don't remember exactly when it was. I think it was 2020, like sometime during the pandemic. And all these articles came out that exposed her story. I don't know if you're familiar with her story that she, um, she, her, she grew up Hillary Thomas, but she changed her name to Hilaria and she claims that she's, you know, from Spain, even though she was born in Boston. So a bunch of her like high school friends like outed her essentially and were like, actually, she's like American. We went to high school with her. She was Hillary. Like, so this are all these articles came out and I did. I mean, I it was I was in my pajamas. I looked like this with no makeup. And I like did an 11 second video of I, I didn't edit it or anything. I just like was flipping my hair and I was like, I too am from Boston and I went to Boston <laughs> Universidad. And I think that's all I said because I did go to BU and I was like, I can relate. You know, it's like full of the Spanish stuff and it went very viral. And that was like a fluke. That was by accident. And then people were like, thought I was her because I guess we kind of look alike people think we look alike and then people were like more 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 and I was like mm, okay <laughs> I had fun doing it why not do more and I've done so many of them at this point I hope she in her heart has some I don't think she likes me but I do hope that she has come around at some point and been like this is funny because it's not her I mean she gives the material. I just do like a caricature of her. I, I heighten it. But Alec Baldwin, Baldwin has blocked me on Twitter. So I don't think they're fans. Wow, but... really? Oh God. <laughs> the man who played Trump for how many years? Yeah. Has blocked me. Also, I remember at the reunion, you said, wasn't it like a contestant on the show that you had did you did an impression of too, where like she was actually pretty chill and like loved it? Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. There were a couple people there that I did. I did um one of the hosts, the Chloe who hosted with Chris. I've done her. Mm. And then I did um she was the bachelorette, Gabby, who was the bachelorette who was there. And she was like, Did you wear a bad wig? Because there were so many people <laughs> with bad wigs. And I was like, No, I didn't wear any wig. Give them good highlights. So do I. I was like, No. <laughs> So I stupid. Loved your friend Drusher. Um, oh, thank you. Because those voicemails are so persistent. And <laughs> just the fact that somebody else was like also getting these voicemails and realizing that they could be a skit, I was just so happy that you used that. Wait, material. what are the voicemails? I'm like, wait, where you are the voicemails? getting the voicemails? I mean, I don't know. Did <laughs> I play it live right now? Um, I just copied a video she did on the SAG after Instagram. That was what I, and I was like obsessed with it. And then as I was watching it, my friend was like, if you don't give me a Fran Drescher soon. And I was like, I'm literally watching it right. I'm studying her right now. It. Let me say, if, if not, oh I'm gonna do some really I want to get voicemail. voicemails from Fran Drescher. That sounds that amazing. amazing. Oh my God. What a gift. Let's see if I'm right. Is this like, if you're a member of SAG, I probably opted yeah. out of this because I've been a member for a very long time, but I get the emails. This is it. Yeah. Oh, this is Renee Taylor, but Fran Drescher leaves them too. Oh my God. I'm going to send it to you afterwards, actually. But so funny. Really amazing because like you answered the, your phone. It's like, hi, this is Fran Drescher. And you're like, what? Like you, but then you're a national like, president. The yeah. Authorization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing. I love it. That's so funny. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I hope I don't get kicked out of SAG for doing her. Hopefully she can laugh at it. Damn, I didn't I, know I could opt out. I'm an idiot. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> I was like, I've never gotten a voicemail from Fran Drescher. <laughs> Sign me up. So funny. Oh my goodness. Wait, so when did the podcast start? 
Which podcast? I have two. Big wig. Big wig podcast. That's brand new. So big wigs we just started um in January. I'm like end of tw- we started in December, but we launched it in January of 2023. Um, before that, I have a hundred episodes of my podcast called Unemployed with Anna Roisman, where I talk to everyone about their jobs that they've had throughout their lives and mm-hmm. career changes and and stuff like that. But that's sort of on a hiatus right now because I wanted to focus on this new project. So yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah. This and new project are- being big wigs. Yeah, Big Wigs podcast. Yeah, I do it with my friend Andrea Lopez, who's also a comedian and content and has creator. Also been on this podcast. Oh no way! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know Andrea? Only from her coming on the podcast, but she was amazing, and it was such a fun episode. Oh yeah, she's the best. We met, we worked together, like not together, but we were on the same show at BuzzFeed for like three years. So we like we knew of it. We didn't shoot together, but we were on the same show. Sorry, there's a siren, and um. And then in the pandemic, she came on my podcast unemployed and we were still working remotely with Buzzfeed at the time. And we did a lot of impressions together and we started making some videos together remotely, just like we would shoot separate and then we'd cut them together. And then we were like, let's like work together. We co-host on the same radio show. We had so many like things that aligned that we were like, wait, why don't we just do our own show? And, and we've made a lot of videos as Chris and Courtney, which is super oh, fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. We have so much fun together. She's coming here this week for a job. So hopefully we'll get every time we're like in each other's cities. We're like, okay, today's the day we go to Skims. Today's the day we go to Calabasas. Or like, <laughs> we have to plan to become the Kardashians every time. She was living in like DC for a while, right? Is she still? She's from there. She's okay. in New York. Um, oh, yeah, she was in LA for a little. She's in New York. We bounce around. We bounce around. As you do. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys talking about on the podcast? It's a lot of pop culture, a lot of us, a lot of like random news stories. And then we do a lot of like break into our characters. So either we get suggestions from people or we've done it with like hot takes on, you know, things we see happening in the news and, um, and we whip out our, and we kind of pimp each other out into doing like certain voices and stuff. Um, we just had our 20th episode and we did our first prank call, which is my favorite thing to do in the entire world. So I've been begging to do prank calls. So we finally did one for episode 20 and it's super funny and we've, we've teased it, but we haven't dropped the full video yet. So, but it's very fun. Um, but we did a prank call as Courtney and Chris. So, oh my God, can you tell us what you called? And we called the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia um, because Courtney was there. So (laughs) did they believe you? Oh yeah. I, I like best friends when I do prank calls. I did this for this company. Like I would do these live for a show every week, um, in the pandemic when I, I would host shows for this company and I just like had so much fun doing prank calls. I'm fearless on a call. I'll call anyone. <laughs> My goal is never, I, I, you get in trouble with posting them on TikTok because they are like, you're invading someone's privacy and I get it, but I always make them my best friend. Like literally by the end of the call, I keep them on the phone. That's the goal. Keep them on and make them your best friend. So like by the end, they're literally like sad that like I made their day. Do you know what I mean? Even if they're getting pranked, I made their day. I know I made their day. I always end it. it. We we like love each other by the end. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's a skill that I just have never been hired to do professional prank calls. <laughs> but I could. I absolutely hmm. love it. So aside from prank calls, what other projects are you manifesting? Ooh, manifesting. Um, mm-hmm. well, you know, right now, um, I'm manifesting a giant voiceover campaign. I'll say it. I said it to my agent today. Yes. I do a lot of voiceover work. I love doing it. I'm like, I need one of those, like, oh, campaign. You know what I mean? I want to be the voice of blank. I met this awful man once. He was so rude. And he was like, I, w- I thought I knew him from something. And w- I was working on a job with his son. You'll love that. Um, his like eight year old, you know, actor son. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And he goes, well, I am the voice. I am the Spanish voice of Mercedes Benz for nine years. And I was like, okay, never mind. I was like, sorry. Thank you for your resume. It was so weird. Anyway, I hope he listens to this because he didn't leave a good impression. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I'm manifesting that campaign like that. Nine years. Okay. I'm trying to think of, yeah, right. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, I'm working on a ton of stuff. I have a feature film that I just finished writing that I'd love to sell. Uh, I write a lot. Thank you. Yeah. My, my writing partner and I, we've done a bunch of pilots. We sold a web series. We we've done well. And so this was our first feature 
And, uh, and as soon as we finished it, you know, there's a writer's strike right now. So it's really kind of, my agents aren't really like, let's sell your script today. <laughs> it's kind of a weird time. Um, but I'd love to make that. That would be an amazing movie to make. Um, what I'm I guess, reminded of with that story is yeah. when Mariah Carey came out with Glitter. And it <laughs> happened right around the time of 9-11. So, you know, I say this only to, you know, further propel the success of your feature length story that it's obviously going to make a He's huge impact. He's always bringing it back but, to Mariah Carey. In every I, episode honestly, amazing. I always try and bring it. I had a fish named Mariah Carey growing up, so I'm with you. It was my first pet. I love it. Um, yeah, I actually talk about her in my one woman show. Oh, that's something else I'm working. On. I just did my first one woman show, like an hour um, show, which was so fun and scary. And I challenged myself beyond. Um, amazing. Thanks. Yeah, I did it at Joe's Pub in New York City. I don't know if you're familiar with Joe's Pub at the Public Theater. It's a huge theater. The Public Theater is a big, you know, one of the oldest like uh, nonprofit Broadway theaters. It's in Astor Place. And Joe's oh. Pub is like my favorite venue to perform in in the city. And I'm doing it again there August 3rd. Oh, I'll so be there. That's awesome. Oh my God, please. Yes. I'm going to try and do it in LA too. But right now, you know, I, I can sell it in New York. So I'm scared. <laughs> I'm like, who will come in LA? But maybe I'll do it in LA. I want to do it at like Dynasty Typewriter or something. Um, Hell yes. Oh my God. That yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, did you, so was this another instance where you were just like, I'm just going to go for it? Or were you influenced by someone who was just like, hey, you should try this and... Well, no, I always wanted to do one woman show. Um, I had a show and I had a date and everything. And then it it was May of 2020. So that was all kind of canceled. So that it's a totally different show than what I wrote back then. That was sort of related to my podcast. It was about all these jobs that I'd had. And now um, I bring my impressions to stage and, you know, I really wanted to write something that was a fun vehicle for me to do that stand up and my stories and incorporates my impressions without it feeling like a Saturday Night Live audition, hopefully. Um, they're, they're worked into the script. So I think it's it's fun. It's so silly and ridiculous, but. I was so scared and I was like, oh my God, why did I do this to myself? This is stressful. I don't, I don't do this. I don't need to do this to myself, but I'm really glad I did it. And it was, it was fun. So I'm doing it again, (laughs) but it is a challenge. um, Your fear in taking on challenges like that. Like you jumped from improv stand up. like you've taken so many different leaps in your career, including your one woman show. How do you get over the fear in those moments? I don't think I ever do. And I think if you do, you're not, you're, you're not a human. I don't know. Does anyone get over it? I don't know. I think it's like, I know that I'll at some point be proud of myself. I feel like you have to continue working. Like you can't just do the same thing forever. You get stuck, especially as a creative person. We're always like, what's next? What's this? That's just how I'm all. I always am, you know, like, I'm like, oh, right. I'm a writer. I do this. Like my writing has gotten me further in my career than anything. And I never considered myself a writer. You know what I mean? Like I first and foremost, I was like, I'm an actor. I'm a host. Those are the jobs that I book, you know, whatever. And, uh, and then I think back and I'm like, no. So I don't know. I think if you're going in this industry, you kind of have to be open to like, just wherever the wind blows you and be able to just take charge of your own career. Like I'm not, you know, I was sick of sitting around and waiting for like, how many times do you get like the right audition or like the right job up or like the right writing packet? Like it doesn't happen that often. So it's like, I don't know. You have to like take charge and figure out what you want to do and see what you can do. You know, I don't have all the money in the world to like produce my show every week or anything, but like maybe at some point someone else will want to do it. So I'm like, I don't know. I think I I went beyond the fear question, but I don't think I'm, I think I'm always afraid. And I think that's healthy if you can admit it, you know what I mean? Like I completely agree. I'm filming a project next week, actually in Philadelphia at friend central. Oh my God. (laughs) And it was my first time hiring a casting director and like getting talent that I felt like was so above me, you know, and I'm like nervous, obviously, and I'm stressed and worried about it. But then I was thinking about it and I was also like, wouldn't it be so strange if I wasn't stressed about this? Like if I felt so confident going into it, like I almost feel like that would be worse because I agree with you that like there's a healthy amount of anxiety that lets us like push ourselves and put our best foot forward when taking on things that are a challenge for us. Totally. I sometimes say like there have I've done so many comedy shows where I'm just like a a mess like before, like some shit happens like like, you know, where you just like 
a breakup or I was laid off from my amazing job on the, on Valentine's day of 2020. And I had to do a stand up show that night. And I was like, I couldn't tell you what came out of my mouth on stage, like just Whoa. random shit, but you know what I mean? But you do it because you're like, I don't know. Sometimes that, that nervous, that stress like f- feeds into your art. And I think you do a better job than you expect. Like just trust your gut that like, okay, y- this is something you were going to do before you're still going to do it. Like, you know, it sucks how you feel right now, but like that will lift you up because you're meant to do that. So I don't know. It'll be great. It, the fact that you're nervous is good. Yeah. If you were confident, I'd be like, okay, like that would rub off on the people you hire too. I think they'd be like, you know, they don't want to see you lose your head or anything, but they also want to feel like, you know, you're, this is something you're working, you're excited for, you're working toward, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you show up and you're just like, no, I just provided the money. Like, are they really invested in the project? I don't know. <laughs> what you mentioned, I'm curious, like you mentioned writing on your own, but then you also mentioned collaborative projects. So what, as someone who loves, I love writing. I feel like writing is kind of first and foremost and then acting and different forms of storytelling come after. But what sort of practices have you implemented to, you know, be disciplined in getting the words onto the paper? Because for me, oh my God, I even like right now, I'm tr- trying to get like a concise thought in and then I go into like a few different tangents while getting to the point. So what do you do to like keep yourself you know, focused on the writing if you have like a deadline coming up or anything. I too am terrible at disciplining myself. Like I, oh, right. I, if I have to write, I have to clean. I have to do laundry. I oh. have to <laughs> yeah. cook. I have to film a video. I have to do everything before I write. Even when you're on a fucking deadline, I just, just like, I don't know. I do any, I'm like, I don't know any writers who like love to write, but <laughs> I, you know, I here's what I always do. Like if I have a new script idea that I really want to get done and I'm like, okay, I really want to write this pilot. I love this idea or I don't know of my own projects. I'll take a class. Honestly, I, I, even though I went to school, I graduated with a degree in writing. Like I'll still take a class because it forces me to get feedback, to make sure I have like, you have to have your beat sheet done. You have to have this done. You know, next week I have to have a outline done, whatever. Like, I don't want to show up and, you know, feel like an asshole, like an online yeah. class. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've done that a couple of times with projects. I'm like, all right. And I like get this done. I will take a class just to make myself meet deadlines <laughs> because otherwise I'll push them off. Um, and those classes have kind of helped me like, Okay, if I can like put my phone in another room and set an alarm for an hour, even just like an hour, you get a lot done. Like you don't even realize that even though it seems like nothing, 30 minutes, whatever, if that's all you have and I'll put my timer on. So it like when it goes off, I'm like, oh, my God, I did it. Like, I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's very hard. I, I don't have like a rhythm. I don't write every day. Like I'm like, oh, I finished a feature film. Could I, I, I could tell you the last time I worked on it was maybe two months ago, but like, you know, after working a lot on it, I was like, all right, I need to take a break. And sometimes a break is helpful. I think it's okay to like write a project and take a couple of weeks off and then come back to it. You, your brain will have different ideas. You'll like edit better. You know, if you like put yourself in it so much, like I don't know. I think I'd lose my mind. I think I'd go crazy. I'd be like, I hate, I don't even like this. I'd like delete it all or something. No, I completely agree with you. I'm in grad school right now and we have to take um, a writing for features class. So Mm. like every other week you had to turn in 30 pages of your feature. Wow. Absolutely no way I would have written a feature if somebody was not saying like, you have to turn in 30 pages or you do not pass the class. Like there's no way in hell. I think that the deadlines are really important to have somebody else be there to hold you accountable. For sure. But That's I want to go back to what you were talking about with, you were saying how when you were working at UCB, like you were working with a team and other collaborators, and then you went off on your own and started doing your own thing within your comedy. Now you're working with a partner again on the Big Wigs podcast. How have you been able to find who are successful collaborators for you and even with your writing partner? And what are some qualities that you look for before taking on another collaborator? Mm, mm. Um, trial and error. I'd say there's a lot of trial and error that goes with collaborating. I didn't like necessarily like collaborate and then break away. I've always 
collaborated with people. My one of my best friends, Robbie, and I met in 101 UCB Improv 101 a hundred thousand years ago, and we started making videos together. And like that, that was like our, you know, like my first. He was like my first like creative partner outside of college. You know what I mean? Like in the real world, I guess. Um, so I've always collaborated with people. Um, I think I like, I'm attracted to, it's like dating. I mean, it's like, I'm attracted to people who have the same kind of work ethic as me. Like I've worked with people who can't fucking step up to the plate. And you know what? Those projects haven't gone anywhere. Or like I stopped working with them because you kind of have to, you do have to have that boundary where you're like, all right, if this doesn't work for me, like, even though I love this person, you know, it might not be a match. And I do think it's trial and error. Like if you like someone's style and you think they make great work or whether it's writing or filming, I don't know, you know, whatever they do, I think you have to like them as an artist first. You have to be a fan of theirs because if you're going to collaborate, like you want, you know, it's like your own stuff. So I think that's how I pick my partners. I'm like, I like Andrea and I, you know, we're new partners, which is, is it's funny because I'm sort of like, at my I'm like at my age but I've gone through a lot of different you know projects and iterations and my writing partner we've had our ups and downs but we've had a couple of successful projects together we've always worked remote we've always lived in different cities so when we work together like it's very work based it's funny because now we live in the same city and I'm like I feel like we work less because we did more when we were had to meet and do the work um but still, you know, we, we found a rhythm and I think, and then, and that works for us. So hopefully we'll sell this movie, but yeah, with Andrea, I, I was a fan of hers. Like literally I was like, come do my podcast. Like, I love your impression. She's like, I love yours. Like let's chat. And then we, it, it just like made sense. And we both edit, we both, you know, create, like we both do everything. So it's a lot of like, you know, Hey, do you have time to do this? I have time to do this. I'll edit this video. You do that video. Like, so we both kind of put in as much work, I think. And it doesn't feel like, you know, I think with anyone, it's going to be like your personal life will come into it, but you have to just trust that, you know, they'll, they'll come through, I guess you have to trust them. I don't know. And be a fan first and foremost. Do you have any healthy habits or like a morning routine that you swear by that you feel like helps you to accomplish everything that you need to do in a day? Um, I try, I try to have a morning routine. I know mentally I can, I will be much better off if I work out. I wasn't like this before the pandemic, the pandemic made me, uh, an exercise gal. I mean, I did soul cycle forever and I stand by Best. I stand by it, but you know, now I'm a Peloton girly. So I have she- the soul cycle bike. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a fight between my boyfriend and me, but I, he, the Peloton bike won and I love it. I do. But, um, I love that you have the soul bike. I want, I, I wanted both. <laughs> I was like, can I put both? Like who needs a living room anymore when you could just have a gym? Um, There's need for both, honestly. Cause you could do like the yoga and the strength of the Peloton, but the cycling classes with all the little dance moves and everything else, you know, love that about the soul I know. cycle bike. I know it's good. Um, (laughs) so I feel like that's my, if I try, it's so funny. I'm saying that as I like, didn't do it today or yesterday, I try to work out every morning, something, I don't care if it's 10 minutes of yoga or, you know, a 40 minute bike ride, like whatever I can do or running outside. Like if I move my body, I notice I'm much better mentally and I can just, I won't freak out as much. I can handle more. I don't know. That sounds, I sound like such a, I hate myself for saying that. I'm like, listen to her being like, I work out. She's so healthy. I'm not, I, you know, I fully eat candy all day long. And like, I haven't had a meal today. I had like leftover noodles. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, but if I work out, I know that I like, I can handle things better. I don't know if that's a healthy it is thing. I also, you'll love this when I fall asleep at night. Um, I'd say I I'm bad at it right now, but I try not to go on Instagram or TikTok when I'm in bed. I think that it's just, I don't know. It's just, I could sit on it all. I sit on it all day. Take a break. Don't, don't go on social media when you're in bed. That's my rule that I break all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is my rule, but you know what I started doing, which is like, okay, she developed an even worse habit. I literally will. So if I can't go on Instagram or TikTok. I can go on store websites. So I fall asleep to like shopping online, which is, <laughs> which is so fucked up because I've definitely ordered, like I've ordered men's sneakers twice where like, they, like, 
Because, you know, you're you're like half asleep and you're like, oh, I love these size seven. And they show up and I'm like, men seven. Oh, no, that's not my size. <laughs> no, no. My boyfriend's like, what'd you get from Foot Locker? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of exciting. because Sometimes I get packages and I'm like, Ooh, what, what, I, what did I get? <laughs> it definitely sounds like a game of roulette. That's amazing. It's so fun. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not staring at Instagram. So <laughs> I'm healthy. Yeah. I try. Oh. So funny. Instant gratification. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been one of those people to be like, I wake up and I have cereal and then I do this and then I meditate. I wish I could, but I just, you know, she's not, she's not. And I I've accepted that. I, I just know that if I can work out in the morning at some point, that good job. Like you, you're going to be better today. That's my goal. <laughs> I have a question now too. What is the funniest, wildest, most intriguing or inspiring dm that you've ever gotten oh god um well when i was hosting hq um people would screenshot it uh, or you know record it it was on youtube that they'd post photos of me after every show and there was some man i don't know if this is the craziest but it was just annoying after a while i think i blocked him after a while every night he would photoshop a dick into my mouth like <gasps> while i'm hosting i'm like hey everybody like welcome to the show and like whenever my mouth was he'd, he'd photoshop a dick going into my mouth and send it to me every night oh my god like a real dick or like a drawn yeah. on one no like a real dick <laughs> I'd be like, whether fake or not, that's crazy. At first, I was probably like, LOL, I am famous. Look at this. This is so funny. These are my DMs. And (laughs) then I was like, this is annoying now. This man is annoying. He's harassing me at this point. So I think I blocked him. Um, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I'm trying to wait. You said, how long did this go on until you blocked him? Oh my God, for months, months, every night, every night. And I don't check all my DMs because I leave a lot on red, but I was like, you know, once you like look at one, you'll see that it's in your like general or whatever. And I was like, not, like every night he just watches. I mean, at least he's watching the show. You know, you kind of have to take the yeah. good with the bad, the bad with the good. But you're like, at least he's giving me another, you know, view. But I'm like, enough with the dicks in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Also, the fact that this man took the time every night to to Photoshop like this wasn't like where you could just like iPhones weren't what they were right now. This was two or three years, you know, three years ago. I'm like, he like photoshopped it he like took a screenshot of me <laughs> put it on his computer put a dick into my mouth i'm like that's a lot of work but every night like that's insane so funny i know it's so crazy i'm trying to think if there were any other crazy wild dms i mean like if a celebrity dms you i like lose my shit like like has that you know what i mean like i'm Can like oh my what celebrity DMs have you received yeah have i received um <laughs> i'm trying to think of like a, a well Chelsea Handler was a huge one for me. She DM'd me. I mean, she's also like, she talked about me, but like just getting her DM, I was like, oh, my hero. I'm trying to think if there's anyone like, wait, what did she say? That would be a moment. She loved my Kris Jenner. Yeah, that was a huge, I cried. I was like, oh my God. Like the fact that my comedy hero is like a a fan of my, you know, me in a dumb wig, like, ugh. Anything. Yeah, that was cool. I'm trying to think of other celebrities that DM'd. Well, like um katie couric dm'd me and i love her so much i feel like i know her i don't know why i feel like i'm friends with katie couric we've never met in person but like we've dm'd a bunch (laughs) since then so i'm like my girl (laughs) but she's katie fucking couric you know what i mean like she's a big she's a big deal um and she probably would laugh if she knew i was like oh my god one time katie couric dm'd me and i lost (laughs) me shit what did she say the first one um, she liked my stuff. She liked my videos. I think she was like, my friend sent me this video of yours and I loved it. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Katie Couric. Oh my God. Grew up on like, she was it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else crazy in my DMS. Like, I think it's so interesting. Like just hearing and watching you share these experiences. It's like, and then hearing how you, have expressed like details of your journey it's like you have such a strong presence and then when you light up with this moment of like you know receiving a dm from chelsea it's like there's this innocence that is so interesting it's like a total like 180 where it's just like I don't know. I, I, I love it. It's, it's you got a fan to girl. I mean what am I gonna pretend like like you well, know no, what I'm I mean saying, yeah for yeah. sure it's like a moment but yeah, I, I just I love how just 
amazing it feels for everyone not just i mean for you as Aww. well in this, in this instance but for everyone who experiences a moment like that where it's like it's really cool to be seen from those that we admire yeah not just like you know a random dick pic or dick fucking <laughs> uh, photoshopped <laughs> thing Do you, you know that's uh, I'm, I'm really happy for you that's so oh good. thank you yeah i mean like you know i hope to work with these people at some point so like it's sort of we'll be working with these people we gotta manifest I know. these things i know okay. i love manifesting i mean i joke <laughs> that manifesting is something you get into in your 30s when you haven't made it yet but i love doing it <laughs> how do you do it oh can you explain because i think i'm really bad at it you gotta write you gotta hand i handwrite my manifestations. oh yeah Some, if i don't sure. i'll put it in my phone but you know, I like to do it on like a certain, like a full moon or a new moon, or there's certain times of the month where I think it's really hot. You know what I mean? Where I think it's a really good time. And I want to say, I do think since I started doing it, which was like two years ago when we lost our minds living in a one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, I feel like, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, I was like, let's manifest. Let's just start yeah. dreaming big. You know, you kind of, we lost our minds a little bit. And I think I, I got very spiritual in that situation and I love it. I, I love, I call myself like the witch now. Like I, I, we charge our stones, you know, I fucking live for this stuff. Yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. there's so many practices that some people may not even be aware are kind Me. of conducive to manifesting, you know? Oh I yeah. Mean, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of doing like a vision board, but not like a visual thing, but just like you said, writing down specific things. Cause that's the other thing. I think specificity matters when it comes yes. to manifesting. You can't just write some vague, I want to be rich. Like, I right, want to be this. The universe yeah. is going to be offering something crazy. And it's just like, whoa, it goes over your head. Yeah. It doesn't work. I did my first vision board this year. My friend had a vision yes. board party. You guys yeah. should come. Oh my God. Yes. I know you guys should come next year. And I was kind of like, I will go to this party. And I, cause I love this person. And I was like, and I will make a board and you know, you to bring like <laughs> magazines and shit. And, um, and my board is out. It's in my kitchen and I, I love it. And I feel like, you know, it, if anything, it's like, it's so funny though. I got into it and I forgot we were at a party. Like my boyfriend's like, who was there? Did you talk to anyone? I was like, I was literally like gluing the entire, I was like, I was so in my own thing. I was like, couldn't even tell you. Like at one point my friend was eating and I was like, oh, is there food? She's like, yeah, there's like a whole room of like chips and cookies and <laughs> cupcakes. <laughs> you know, I like went, got a cookie. I was like, all right, back to work. Like back to gluing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fun. I don't know. It's fun to visualize. And I do think it changes your confidence when you, you know, I'm not saying Andrea and I fight about this on the podcast a lot because she thinks manifesting is bullshit. And when I talk about I'm like manifesting this really big job or I want to, you know, one day I want my own talk show. Like when I say shit like that, I mean it, you know, why wouldn't yeah. I write this down and believe in it? I don't know. It's maybe it's silly to some people, but I'm like, for me, if it helps me believe in myself more, like I say, go for it. But are you, can I just ask a clarifying question here? So like, are you writing like, I want to have my own talk show or like, I want to. Um... I don't say want, I say will. I will. Okay, so that's what I would like to know. But like, how frequently do you write uh, the things that you will have? I mean, I haven't like done it in a month. I've been busy, but you know, if I think of it or I, I see something on Instagram, like I follow a lot of like, you know, like um, astrology accounts or whatever. And they're like, tonight's a good night to manifest. I'm like, Ooh, tonight's a good night. I gotta do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but here's the catch. I don't write any manifestation without a, um, a, like a, a, something that I'm grateful for any, like, so I have a list of gratitude and a list of manifestations. That's how I do it. That's how I like was taught it or like someone told me, or I read about it. And I was like, I like that. I like that. You can't manifest something great unless you can acknowledge something you're grateful for, because you know, everything is subjective. And there are so many things that we, you know, go like, I could cry today, which I probably already have done. And, you know, there's so many things I should be grateful for. And it's nice to remind yourself of that. I think before you're asking the universe to provide, you know, specific Wants. I totally agree with you. I think the reciprocity is super important because you can't just take away energy. You have to add something to it yeah. for that cycle to continue. It's the ebb and flow of life. My goodness. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> so maybe not so beautiful, maybe a little more messy. Uh, our DM of the week asks, what would your housewives tagline be? And how would you style your cast photo look? Maybe it's be it would be something like, I'm sweet, I'm sassy, but I'm a Gemini, so watch the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gemini cool. season. I'm gonna lean on. I'm gonna lean in. You know, we're in oh, Gemini yeah. season. <laughs> and what, I would look birthday? like a June fifteenth. Okay, my mom is the eleventh. 
Oh, my dad's the 11th. Really? We have so much in common. Oh my God. I know. Right. That's so funny. Um, and I would be styled like a fucking goddess. I think there'd be a feather. I'd, I'd be in like a feathery, like robe, like silken feather robe, you know, my hair, I'd have like so many extensions that like, I just have this like goddess like hair and I'd be like, so tan and spray tan. Oh looking and, like Teresa at her wedding. Like, honestly. Me. Yeah. Not the height of Teresa, but like, give me like just like long waves, like mm. Rapunzel in her, you know, Rapunzel in her like damsel in distress, like right before she like has, you know, sex with the prince moment. That's that I think that'd be my vibe. <laughs> I love that. I take that. Well, Anna, please share with our listeners how we can stay updated with Big Wig Podcast, with all, all of your upcoming projects, with uh, all shows coming up, please. Oh my God. Yay. Yeah. Just find me anywhere, all social media. I'm at Anna Roisman on Instagram, A N N A R O I S M A N on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter on Snapchat. I'm like, where else? Facebook. That's a thing now. YouTube, whatever. Um, and big wigs podcast. It's at big wigs podcast, um, include the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we put out episodes weekly. Andrea and I put out a ton of videos though on our own and together like every other day or something. So yeah, you can watch all my shit there and my show. I have tickets in my Instagram bio, but it's at Joe's pub on August 3rd. And hopefully I'll sell her out again. And, uh, and I have more shows coming up in the fall. I, I'm like, I, you know, that I'm, I'm going to probably do it elsewhere in the fall, but I haven't like announced that yet. <laughs> so yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. As always, you can send us your questions in a DM or in an email or in a letter or in a voicemail. If you'd like check our link in our bio for all the different ways you can keep in touch with us and support guests who have been on the podcast previously. We are always open to your feedback as far as what you want to hear or see and make you smile. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast that allows us to continue to bring you new content. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Mm, Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.